Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast, where we only talk sports. I'm your host, Will Gardner. I'm excited I went to rehab, and now I'm fired up again. And I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. That, that old smoke, he needs to retire, dude. Just get the f- out of the league. Thank you. I am blessed to be on this podcast. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast. Hello everybody, I'm your host Will Gardner and today it is episode 58 of the Just Sports Podcast. I am joined by one guest today, so let's go ahead and meet them. My very good, very great, very dapper, very handsome, very intelligent co-host. Now I'm fired up again, and I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. I'm not from Michigan, I'm from Detroit. Please welcome Charlie Grace. Today I am joined by my very faithful co-host, Charlie Grace. Charlie, how are we doing on this Thursday evening? Good, good. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing great. Snow day tomorrow for Brother Rice and Bloomfield alike with the impending snowstorm. Charlie, what what are your plans looking like tomorrow during the snow day? Um, Tonight, I'm not even sure. Might uh, run some Ford or go to a... Mm. Friends' house. We'll see tomorrow night. Definitely running some stick and pock with the brewskis. Ooh. Um, if not stick and pock, I'll just give me a chamois shake. But besides that, just a chill down day. Heading to Florida t- uh, tomorrow night or Saturday morning. So great week of success. That's all. Oh, going to Florida. Where are you going, Charlie? Taking my talent to Naples. Mm. It's gonna be a great week of golf. Gonna you know. Hit a couple balls in the hole, strike a couple aces here and there. Great week, great week of fun. Just getting tan in the sun, relaxing. Just you can't, it can't get better than that, can it? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Sounds like a great time, Charlie Grace. Sounds like a great. Time. Oh, it's it's gonna be better than great. I mean, like if you're not in Florida, what are you doing next week? <laughs> I mean, next week, you know, some elite establishments have actually have school oh, tomorrow next week. Oh, you mean programs? You mean school next programs. week? Oh, they're gonna, you know, while you're in Florida, you know, hitting some birdies or whatever you're doing. I'll be at school, Charlie, getting a good education. Hey, Bloomfield is not a good education. <laughs> you can trick yourself into believing that. Oh no, I, I, it is a fantastic education, Charlie. Fantastic. Probably top ten worst in the world, but all right. <laughs> You're probably right. But episode fifty-eight today, so we do have some stuff to dive into. Not not a whole lot this week, you know. You had the Super Bowl, and now it's a little bit of a downtime before we get to, you know, the spring season of sports. So we don't have a ton for you guys, but of course, I mean, Charlie and I always have something to talk about. Let's jump into our first segment of the day. Stephen Curry breaks the three-point NBA record. Dolphins uh, fire 
Brian Flores. Georgia wins the national championship. Breaking news. The news for the week of February 17th. Of course, the most, you know, the big, big news is I see Charlie's typing something. The biggest news of this week. The Los Angeles Rams have won the Super Bowl. Let's go. <laughs> Matty Stafford escaped Detroit. He got that ring. He got that bread. Cooper Cup. I mean, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Just absolute scenes in L.A. They had their parade. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford was going absolutely crazy in the parade. Just, just as Tom Brady did a year ago. You know, learning from Brady a little bit. But super happy for the Rams. They defeated the Bengals, who played mighty, mighty well. But it was a very interesting game. A couple, you know, a couple points of controversy that we will get to later in the episode. Of course, Cooper Cup from undrafted out of Eastern Washington. No, he was an unranked recruit. He wasn't undrafted. He was an unranked recruit out of high school, went to Eastern Washington, and now is a Super Bowl MVP. He had the game-winning touchdown at the end. Absolutely incredible. Not his most productive game, per se. I think he had 43 receiving yards, but he didn't have that huge touchdown at the end. OBJ tore his ACL during the Super Bowl. This was in the second quarter and was a really big blow to that Rams offense, who was absolutely rolling at that time. OBJ caught the first touchdown of the game, was looking very, very strong. It is the same ACL that he tore a year ago for Cleveland, so we are hoping that OBJ has a speedy recovery. Ryan Zimmerman retires from the Washington Nationals, uh, nicknamed Mr. National. Zimmerman spent his entire career in Washington and was truly one of the most consistent players in the entire MLB. And Charlie has something to add. Well, yeah, the last news, this just occurred today. Um, One of the biggest, I would say, um, golf courses in America you know, just not, not in America, only... not, not just in America, in, oh, the, yeah, in the world. world. I'll, I'll give the whole world, but uh, I'm just saying America because besides Europe, it's um, you know, not not too many famous golf courses. But yeah, I would say the whole world, especially America, and especially in our area, we actually live very close to it. Bloomfield Hills, actually, Brother Ice yeah. is literally like one minute away from it. Extremely mm-hmm. close. Like you, like the edge of Brother Ice is. This part of the golf course. And so Oakland Hills, sadly, the clubhouse caught on fire today, completely destroying, you know, the main part of the clubhouse and all the the area that holds all the trophies and m- many of the very old replicas and very important golf statues or, you know, mm-hmm. rem- stuff that meant a lot to the game of golf. And it's just... Something sad to see, and it's, it was a very um, not not even if you're a golfer, but it's you know it's something big for Bloomfield just because you know it kind of puts us on the map a little bit, and so <laughs> it's sad to see, but I mean hopefully it'll, they'll rebuild it, it'll come back, it's better, but you know it's it's sad because it was the second I think oldest like building, um some like I don't know what type of building like second only. Second oldest building besides the whole, the the Grand Hotel in Mackinac, so mm. it's um it's definitely sad to see it go, but hopefully they rebuild it just better than ever and they come back strong and get another major there. Absolutely, I I, I had no knowledge that it was the second oldest building, so thank you Charlie for that information. Very very sad, but 
luckily to my knowledge nobody nobody was injured which is always always a good thing but very very sad very very sad it was some some might call it you know the eighth wonder of the world um, yes that is true so very very sad to see it go but we're moving on charlie we're moving on to bum of the week very excited so let's jump right in to bum of the week Welcome to the historic, illustrious club. This is the club that everybody wants to be in. JSP Bum of the Week. Russell Westbrook. Mario Cristobal. Absolute clown. Absolute fool. Dave Gentleman. Joe Judge. is an absolute idiot. He's a very consistent bum. Bum of the Week, Charlie. Let's go. Charlie, I'm going to let you go first because I think you have a more... I want to say uh, a le- less, less streamlined one because I feel like mine is, you know... Talk of the town right now, but maybe you have one that's going a little bit under the radar for us. Well, obviously you have Eli Apple, right? Um, who talked a lot of trash and cannot back it up. But for me, bum of the week, I'm going. This this might even be last week, might be a little late, but I'm going the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. I cannot believe the Los Angeles Lakers did not make a single deadline move. And this was one of the craziest deadlines in the NBA we've seen in years. I mean, we had Marvin Bagley come to the Pistons, Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers for Sabonis. We had Harden get moved. We had what else? What else? Um, Simmons was yeah. on the move. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Sabonis, yeah. Halliburton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, Buddy Heald is a part of that too. I mean, just CJ McCollum. Of, oh yeah, the McCollum trade. A lot of big deals going around. And it just felt like the Lakers were, I mean, if not Westbrook, at least something. I mean, you have one of the, you have the best basketball player in this generation. And you're just, you're kind of just like hoping things will get better. I mean, it's kind of like now if you're the Lakers, LeBron's not going to just be, you know, this good forever. I mean, he's going to get old at one point. You got to just try now, now, now. You're in the present. You're not looking for the future. So that's bum of the week, the Lakers organization. I mean, especially like seeing LeBron, he's been he's been putting everything he's got into it. I mean, they they got that win, but I mean, he had to drop you know thirty plus points. He's 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 had like I don't know an absurd amount of straight games with twenty five plus points. I mean, AD just got hurt again. He can't do it all by himself. I wish they made a trade for Westbrook. I'm assuming not many teams wanted him, but at least something else to get. You know, LeBron, some, you know, shooters in the corner or some more post help. Yeah, I 100% agree. And my bum of the week is Eli Apple. Now, Eli Apple, after the AFC Championship game against Kansas City, was definitely not shy in calling out guys like Tyreek Hill, Michael Hardman on Twitter. Uh, I want to say he was like, you know, oh, I'll get you guys Super Bowl tickets, blah, blah, blah. Basically just talking trash where I think everybody in the NFL knows that Eli Apple is one of the worst cornerbacks in the league. And here he is talking all this rah-rah. So now you have Eli Apple guarding Cooper Cup in the Super Bowl. And Apple allows, well, he allowed, he allowed two touchdowns in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he allowed... Two, one, both were, were both of them to Cooper Cup, Charlie? Am I, am I mistaken? I'm yeah, I believe I believe both of them were to Cooper Cup. Eli Apple 
allowed two touchdowns, and the game-winning touchdown was on him, and the pass interference call at the goal line was also on him. So, obviously, the entire world, it felt like, was just bearing down on Eli Apple these last couple of days, just absolutely cooking him, roasting him, just giving him everything they've got. Eli Apple, when was this? This was, oh, this morning. Eli Apple goes out on Twitter, and this is what he said. Y'all reawoke a fire in me that will only make me stronger, and I'm beyond excited to unleash that demon again to exponential levels on any op that lines up across yep. me next yep. season. Yep. No, it's not. I love it. Yup, Charlie I love Grace. It. He is an absolute bum and a fraud. He is a terrible corner. He says, y'all reawoke a fire. Where was that fire in the biggest game of your hey, life, hey, Eli Apple? Hey. Rumor on the street. He was just not feeling it that day. He'll be back next year. How are you not feeling like it a dog. on the Super Bowl? Trust me. Trust How are you me. not feeling it? No, he's not a dog. Dogs are like guys <laughs> like McDonald, Cooper Cup. They showed up on the Super Bowl. Eli Apple did not. And let's just be honest. Eli Apple never had a fire. So the right grammar, Eli, would be, y'all lit a fire in me, not real woke. Because you never had hey, that hey, fire hey, ever hey, in your entire hey. career. The fire can go out, can spark out for a couple seconds. I mean, maybe it was bad timing when it was a touchdown. But, I mean, Eli Apple will be back next year. We'll Charlie, be better I know than you're ever. not defending and He's going to come Apple back, right and he's going to dominate the game, and you're going to all be crying when Eli Apple is your favorite cornerback in the league. MVP on the way, MVP on the way, yes. Um, oh, don't no. get too high to yourself. Come on. What are you saying? Eli Apple's absolutely ridiculous. He's No, he's not. idiot. Oh, my God, he's... Will. He's such a bum, Charlie. Such a bum. But I have another one. I do not. I'm not stopping at one. And this one might come as a little bit of a surprise for you all. My second bum of the week is Jalen Ramsey. Why? Oh. Why is Jalen Ramsey your second bum of the Super week? Super Bowl Wilbur? champion is a bum. I don't care. Jalen Ramsey almost cost his team the game on the last play of the game where Aaron blah, Donald blah, 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 got the sack. Blah, 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 blah. Jamar Chase was wide open had Joe Burrow made that throw, and that would have been Ramsey's second touchdown allowed of the game. He got burnt by T. Higgins, which, albeit was a penalty, I don't care. You got burnt, and he allowed All right, uh, that does not count. He pulled his over, over, over 100 head. yards in the game. So he allowed at least Yeah, but that was, like, that was like 50 of them, that. so you cannot count that. Yeah, so he still allowed, based off my math, 80-plus yards, not including that. And he got burnt in the NFC Championship game against Mike Evans, which almost cost his team the game. I'm just saying, Jalen Ramsey talks all this talk. We, we, you know, we, we praise him as the number one corner in the NFL. And then he does this. I just don't understand it. I get it. Cornerback is the hardest position to play in the NFL. Like, quarterback is hard, but corner is that much harder. Like, I, you know, Charlotte, when I played football, I, I was oh, a corner. Yeah. Was very, I was, you know, that white corner, but just absolutely beast. All right, you go to but, Bloomfield. Don't worry. Every corner is white. <laughs> but, you know, corner is a very difficult position to play. But Jalen Ramsey, for all the hype we give him, I just don't think he, he lived up to it. I just don't think he lived up to it this postseason. In the regular season, yeah, he was great. But this postseason, I, well, I just he's also been um Jalen Ramsey. Playing, he, like, during the season, he didn't even play a lot of corner. I think if he had really, been he was like he, he was like a hybrid. He was like uh, yeah, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, if he was playing, player. I think more of corner and 
because, I mean, he just had a goal against some of the top receivers late in the postseason. I think if he had, you know, more practice earlier against some of the better ones and wasn't, you know, switching around the field, I think, you know, he might have been better. I think we just saw maybe a little rust almost just because he hasn't been playing. But, but there really shouldn't be any rust. I don't get it. Like, why is there rust? This dude's been in the league for, what, five, four years? And he's been, you know, at the top. For well, because he was also years. playing a lot of hybrid before they got Von Miller. He's playing hybrid, so but he was still playing flash. corner. And he played corner throughout the entire postseason, you know, against Mike Evans and Jamar Chase. And, you know, in the regular season, he matched up against Jay Jettas and Devontae Adams. So it's not like he was – I don't like the term rusty. Like, I get what you're saying. I just don't like the term rusty because I would say unprepared for Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean, he just, just didn't look. He just didn't look good. Way. He looks. I guess you could say he looks slow because multiple times he got beat deep. Hey, and that's you're, the you're number not one rule. Slow. I mean, he got burnt by Mike Evans, who's not necessarily a fast player. T. Higgins isn't necessarily a super fast player either, and he got burnt by both. Which he was playing soft coverage on T. Higgins. When he got burnt, T. Higgins on that play did have Jalen Ramsey beat. Had it been a better throw from Joe Burrow, you know he would have had him beat anyway. I don't know. I, th- I I would say Eli Apple is much more of a bum than Jalen Ramsey, but I was not impressed at all by Jalen Ramsey's performance. I thought I thought for all the I don't necessarily love guys who talk like a lot of smack unless they can back it up. Like Jalen Ramsey can usually back it up. That but. Now that he's not really playing that well, I, I just see him as kind of a bum for talking all this smack and not, you know, now he's not playing too well. I don't know. That, that's just my thoughts. We're going to move on, Charlie. Speaking of Super Bowl, it was a really great game. Really great halftime show, too. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, 50 Cent hanging from the ceiling, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Detroit native, and Kendrick Lamar. They were... Fantastic. Now, I, I do want to ask you, Charlie, is this the best Super Bowl, li- Super Bowl halftime show that you've seen in your lifetime? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to object. Ooh. I'm going to say Katy Perry floating in the no, sky. No, 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 no. You Super can't Bowl be serious. performance of all time. It was, it was electric. It was creative. Fireworker's song, favorite song. <laughs> Can't beat it. No, I, I knew you were a big Ariana Grande guy, Charlie. I, I did not know about your love for Katy Perry, though. No, I mean, that Katy Perry, that's the one memory I have of an electric Super Bowl halftime performance. I mean, when you're just floating in the sky like that, I mean, that's creativity. That's dedication. I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, it was obviously great songs, right? And they did a great job bringing it out. I think those were the best songs performed, and it was, like, the best. It was iconic. It, it, it was the best. Right it was, yeah, it was more of, like, the feeling. It was the best, yes, like, finally. Katy Perry was like, what the fuck is she doing? But that's so cool. <laughs> so that's why Katy Perry ranks number one for me. This had more than nostalgic feeling. But the Katy Perry have the X Factor flying shooting star. You can't beat it. You, you know who else had the X Factor? I think it's a very underrated halftime show. Super Bowl 50, you had Coldplay, Bruno Mars, and Beyonce. Oh, classic. That, that was, was a fantastic. Lineup. 
That was lineup. fantastic. And the performance was very good. This was like the Uptown Funk era. This that was, is a very, very good performance. I feel also, like the worst one in our years. What Rune year five. Was Rune five was absolutely terrible. Rune five was bad. Wait, wait, was that the year? What year was the Rams Patriots? I feel like that was Maroon Five. Because I know they had like it was like some random artist who like Bad Bunny. Like I don't know, it wasn't even Bad Bunny. It was like a knockoff Bad Bunny was out there. I feel like it that was, was a, Maroon Five. It was a bad one. I don't know. I mean, the weekend was not good. Lady I mean, Gaga people just didn't solid. like his style. I don't, I don't think the weekend is horrible, but people just didn't like his style. Lady Gaga was solid. Um, Beyonce when she you know. Cut the electricity off was good. I'm trying to think of more recent ones. Those are really the only ones that I can that I can point my finger to. Um, who 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 did the halftime show in the Falcons and Patriots game? Do you remember? Was that Lady Gaga? That might have been Lady Gaga. I think you're right. I think it was because wasn't that that game was in uh, Arizona. I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was the game where like Lady Gaga came down from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That that was that was solid. That was solid. Yeah, I thought this one was solid. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was like iconic, and I think for a lot of like the older like my parents, they thought it was like it was like nostalgic to them, which I get. Mm-hmm. But it, it it was pretty good. But a couple of other points I had while watching the Super Bowl. We saw, obviously, OBJ towards ACL, and Matthew Stafford injured his foot, and Joey B at the end sprained his MCL. So, this is just a question I had. So, obviously, the NFL this season went to a 17-game regular season, where in the past they had a 16-game regular season. So, to get to the Super Bowl, each of these teams had already played 20 games. This was their 21st, whereas last year it would have been their 20th. And I guess the question was, Charlie, did we see more injuries in the Super Bowl due to the 17-game season, or was it just a coincidence? Because I almost feel like this year we saw maybe not an abnormal amount of injuries, but I feel like we saw a lot of injuries this year. And we know how grueling the season is. I don't think it's necessarily to blame the longevity of the season. I think it's the turf more of. I the think turf monster been, for sure. I think more of recently there's been many more injuries. Um like non physical injuries due to the due to the new types of turf. I don't I mean I obviously like if you're gonna get hit really hard, that has nothing to do with turf. But yeah, you know, we saw Christian McCaffrey earlier in the year, C D Lamb, multiple guys who were just, you know, um just running and they just pulled something and it's just those are the worst to see because there's nothing you can do about it nothing you can take back it's just you know really misfortunate and i don't know there's just a lot of stuff to blame i guess i mean you could blame longevity but personally i think it's uh the new type of turf and you know going away from all the grass fields is definitely bad in effect yeah i i agree with you i just I just didn't really see the reason they went to a 17-game regular season this year. I mean, yeah, we had the really exciting finale between, you know, the Chargers and the Raiders and the Steelers were all fighting for that last playoff spot, and that was really exciting. But, I mean, you actually have a higher chance of having that in a 16-game season. So, 
I mean, if it's for entertainment purposes, yeah, you get an extra week, more ratings, more viewers. I don't know. I, I just didn't really understand why they went to a 17-game season. Whether it had a direct impact on these injuries in the Super Bowl, I don't think so because they were all non-contact. But I think, you know, I think it's definitely possible that, you know, multiple injuries this year. I, I mean, I'm not going to name certain injuries because I'm not quite sure, but I'm sure multiple injuries this year were due to long, the longevity of the season, as, as it is every year. But I feel like that one extra game is just one extra opportunity or, you know, chance that someone gets injured. So I don't really understand it. I feel like I feel like the system that they had was good. So I, I didn't really understand it. Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I feel like that's yeah. been a problem for a lot of leagues. Like, the play-in tournament for the NBA, I didn't really think they had a problem with how it was before, but they changed it. And, you know, I don't really, you know, I, mean, I guess these leagues are always looking for something new because they want to have something new that's exciting for the fans, but it's not always the best, you know, for everybody. So I, I just feel like it was one of those things. Like, it wasn't broke, so why'd they fix it? But, I mean, now... Well, no, it, it wasn't really necessarily that. It was more just for more money. The Most of the players were against it until they um, they were kind of like... I forgot what it was. They were someone like bribed into it. I forgot the exact... Well, yeah, I mean, everything is money, but, yeah. Yes, I mean, like, it wasn't... It was more like the owners and organizations pushing it. It was definitely not like a thing that, you know, majority of people wanted. It was just, like, the higher-ups just wanting more money at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Charlie, did you have any takeaways from the Super Bowl? I would say it was it was actually more entertaining than I thought it would be. I was going into it expecting another low-scoring game, but ended up fourth quarter. I mean, it was low-scoring. It, it hit yeah, the, I know. It hit the under. But I was, yeah. I was expecting, like, a 2013 game. I mean, it was it was still pretty close to that, but um, it was still a fun fourth quarter, entertaining Matthew Stafford comeback. So it was so good oh, to yeah. see. Love to see it. Another point I had was the refs were very very bad. Now, mm-hmm. and no, they weren't very very bad. They were just inconsistent. Of course. The missed call, T. Higgins ripped Jalen Ramsey down to the ground with a face mask, offensive P.I. on the touchdown. And then at the end, was that holding on Cooper Cup? I mean, that's close. Like, that's up to the interpretation of the ref, which obviously they said it was holding. Then you had the P.I. at the pylon, which I, I do think that was past interference, but a lot of people are angry because – and then, and then another one I saw was the missed false start by the Rams' yeah. offensive line. But I just I just don't see, like, how you can solve this. Because I feel like in the MLB, you can go to robotic umpires. Yeah, I think they will so eventually. Easy. It's so easy. But in the NFL, I just don't know if there's an easy fix to this. Maybe more training for the refs. I, I, it's just like NFL is bang, bang. So well, that makes it really, is- really difficult. I think the community is way too hard on the refs. I mean, obviously, you're a professional ref. You should be good at your job. But, like, everyone makes mistakes a lot in their careers, and people don't look at them because they're not on the same level. People expect refs to be perfect, but they're not robots. They cannot be perfect. And you either get, one, somehow they make robots, two, slow down the game a ton, you go, like, a ton of replays, or three, refs are going to make mistakes. Honestly, I am okay with refs making mistakes because that makes the game more fun. It's not just, I mean, yeah, maybe it's not totally fair, 
to me, a ref messing up a call is more fun because it's like, you know, you, you got to, you, you, it's really got to be the best team. It might not come down to a last second thing. It's really got to be who was the best team out there. And I don't think you can blame on one call yet. Maybe a ton of calls you can get in that situation. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the best team out there who won. And I think that's the problem. We've gone too far hating on refs. I mean, it even goes down to youth level. There's very few refs that, you know, want to be, who just want to do the job because parents are so tough and, you know, fans are so tough on them that it becomes, you know, such a hard job to do. No, I 100% agree with you, Charlie. And to your point, I think the refs did make this game more entertaining. The T. Higgins touchdown, I mean, the Rams had all the momentum, and all of a sudden the Bengals are back in the game. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, you know, the Rams score a touchdown with the help of some of the— I mean, honestly, I think the Rams still score a touchdown at the end there, even if they don't get those calls. I really do, but— it does make the game more exciting. And, of course, if you're a fan of the Bengals or any team that gets a call against you, you're going to be very, very angry. But, as Charlie put it so eloquently, they are people. Uh, I mean, And, like like you said, like it goes all the way down to the youth level. Like, umpiring Little League games, I 100% agree. Like, the parents are ruthless, and it makes no sense. But... That's mm-hmm. how it is. I mean, everything's more competitive nowadays, I guess. Like, even, like, the Little League, like, rec ball is more competitive than I ever remember it being. So. No, those was... were intense. Second grade. It was I think to us, ago, but, like, our, I, don't, I don't remember our parents, like, being that angry, like, at yeah, the rest as, as they are nowadays, which is really, really, really annoying. So, if you are one of those parents, don't be, because you are very annoying if you yell at refs at literally games just say no so nfl season is over charlie it is over now i guess here's one question for that for the entire nfl season charlie what was your favorite moment favorite moment it had to be lions getting their win against the Vikings mm-hmm. among us, St. Brown game winning touchdown. <laughs> that was fantastic. That was fantastic. My favorite moments. I mean, this is a really good season. Like the postseason was absolutely insane. Every game was extremely oh, entertaining. Sorry. Should I do an unbiased right... one? Should I do an unbiased one? Yeah. Yeah. Unbiased. All right. Unbiased? I mean, I mean, there's so many. It's gotta just. So it's gotta be. From. It's gotta be the Bills Chiefs. That's I think the greatest top five game in NFL postseason history. Just an absolute Cinderella ending. That's personally for me my favorite. I mean, favorite moment would be Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds left, coming down somehow, oh, yeah. getting it in two. Kelsey getting that sneak for 20 yards and then Bucker coming up huge and draining that field goal. That was that was pretty sweet. I mean, last season was good, but it was like compared to this season was extremely boring. Like this season, I mean, you're running through the season, right? You had TJ Watt tying Michael Strahan. I mean, the last game of the season, the Raiders and the Chargers almost tied, but they didn't. The Raiders oh, yeah. the field goal that to eliminate the Chargers. Game. And then the playoffs, you know, 
Packers get upset. So do the Titans, off both off game-winning field goals. I mean, Bills Chiefs, one of the top, probably the greatest football game I have personally ever watched. And then, you know, in the championship game, the Bengals came back, and the Rams also won an extremely tight game. And the Super Bowl was really, really solid, too. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this might be the greatest single season of football in the last 10 years. Like, I I don't I can't really remember a season that had as many iconic like great moments as this one did. To be completely honest. Yeah. But the NFL season is over. So now looking ahead, you know, you might be wondering to yourself, well, what is JSP gonna cover Whoa. for the next couple of weeks? Well, there's actually a lot coming up. NBA playoffs will be in April. The NFL draft will also be this spring. And I do anticipate doing our second mock draft, which will be very, very exciting. MLB season is set to start late March should the MLB and the MLPA come to an agreement. They're in the lockout right now, which is really, really annoying because two days ago the players, the, the catchers and pitchers were supposed, to, um, were supposed to report for spring training, and they're not, so that's kind of sad. But, yeah, MLB season should be getting underway. Um, opening day is still scheduled for the end of March. You have March Madness, Charlie, coming up. Very, very oh my exciting. God. Absolutely electric. No school on the second day of March Madness. Going to be a great night for me. Really? Well, how do you know that already? That is that is commitment there from Charlie Grace. Um, I guess before we go, Charlie, I mean, our last thoughts would be Michigan State basketball. What is happening, Charlie? What is happening? And I guess the bigger question question would be: Are you worried about these Spartans? In the I'm a hundred percent. I mean, usually I'm not worried about these Spartans, but I'm worried about these Spartans. We do not have that guy. First, I thought Gabe Brown was that guy. He has not been that guy recently. I thought Malik Hall could be that guy, but Izzo doesn't seem to have enough trust in him to start him and give him the big boy minutes. I think it should. My personal starting lineup should be Malik Hall, Julius Marble. Tyson Walker, Max Kissy, Gay Brown. Um, I like Hallgren a lot, but he's very Marble nice. over Bingham. Yes, a hundred percent. I don't get any debate in Bingham over Marble. Yes, I think Bingham's a better defensive player, but Marble's just been extremely better offensively this year. He's so efficient in the post when he gets in that little post, like little like hook. Extremely efficient. I feel like every game I've watched, he doesn't miss those shots, and he's had a lot of big nights and he, I mean I don't know he's, he's got to have the same field goal percentage because almost every game I watch he doesn't miss and so personally that's my starting five I mean I think Hauser is great coming off the bench I do not think he should be starting I like being him coming off the bench because he always gets taken out after three four minutes anyways so I think that makes mm-hmm. sense I get Aikens a little more time and Hauser also coming off the bench maybe get Sissoko a little more time too I just I'm not loving Bingham this year. He, he doesn't see he doesn't really have the mentality. Hauser, I mean Hauser's okay, but he's just a role player. And so I mean I think Hall and Marble really want it more. So that's just my opinion on who should be starting five. No, I agree. I'm also worried about this team. I mean, when they're on, like when they played Wisconsin and they played really well against Michigan, they shot the lights out. Like when they play like that, I think they could beat you know almost every single team in the country, I'm going to be quite honest. And if they play like that in March Madness, they're a Final Four contender. 
but they just never seem to play like that two games in a row. And honestly, yeah. these last couple games have been really, really bad, and they've been lucky to win multiple games. Big game tomorrow. I mean, Saturday. I keep thinking it's Friday. Big game on Saturday at home against Illinois. This is an absolute must win. And, you know, a lot of Spartans fan, Spartan fans would say, you know, oh, this, this team always is better in March. But I just don't really know. I, don't have I just really don't have a lot of faith in that. I don't know. I mean, the Penn State loss was nothing that was short embarrassing. of I mean, embarrassing. Penn State, Rutgers. Barry I mean, Rutgers State. is a really good team, let's be honest. We haven't, we haven't had a good win. I mean, yeah, Michigan. I mean, Indiana, great win, right? And then you yeah. just get, you know, embarrassed by Penn State. And it's just like a pattern that just keeps happening. It's just constant disappointment for, for mm-hmm. us Michigan State fans. But... Big game against Illinois. Should we win this game? Maybe get on a little bit of a roll. That is by hoping. Always the optimist, Charlie. So I'm very hopeful that this uh, Michigan State team could turn around. I have supreme faith in Tom Izzo. That's not the issue. I just, I just don't see it in the squad. I mean, yeah, like you said, I, I just don't see that dog. They just don't have that Spartan dog. Like you know, Mel Tucker's squad. They got that dog mentality, but I just, I just don't see that from, from these Hoopers. I don't know. I think it's because um, I've, I've seen a lot of things about, um, I don't know, media always is hard. But um, even Mission State media, um, a lot of things about they think Izzo hasn't been hard enough on his team. They think he's been a little too nice compared to mm-hmm. other years because the, the media is taking so much of a toll on him and he's getting near the end of his career. And if that's the case, I think he needs to just, you know, Tighten up. We, we need bit. that. Make, we need that. You know, vintage Izzo back. Him. We need. Yeah. We we need that. We need that touching the players, slapping them. Yeah. Tom Izzo back because obviously this isn't working right now, and there isn't much fight to them right now. Not at the moment, but should they get hot, they have. I mean, a lot of potential. I mean, I went to the Michigan game. That is one of the best shooting performances I think I've ever seen out of a Michigan State basketball team. I mean, they shot the lights out. They didn't miss. Like, essentially against Michigan, they did not miss. I mean, Max Christie was automatic. Joey Hauser had double-digit points and multiple threes against Michigan. If that team can come to play against Illinois, I think we'll win. And if they come to play like that the rest of the season, they could definitely sneak back into the top 12, top 10, and be a higher seed in March Madness. That is all I have for this episode, Charlie. Charlie, closing thought. Go. Uh, anything or what? Just anything you want, Charlie. All right, hot take. We're ending it. Lakers win the NBA championship this year. <laughs> wow, Charlie Grace dropping a bomb. LeBron goes that on is... to average 40, 15, <laughs> and 5. That would be five five boards, five boards, five only six, five, five boards, six. five assists. Oh, I don't know. No, no, LeBron, LeBron goes on to average 60, 20, and 20, Charlie. All right. That's my hot take. That's my hot take. No. If we're ending with hot takes, Red Wings get into the playoffs and win their first series. That would be my hot take. Wow, that is a, that's like spicy. That's spicy. That's yours. Yours was like ghost pepper, Charlie. Yours is very, ghost very pepper. Hot. 
The Lakers to win the NBA championship? Hey, are, are you crazy? I mean, uh, yeah, anything can happen. No, I, I like this Red Wing squad. I'm excited. All right. This has been episode 58 of the Just Sports Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Charlie, for joining me. It's always a fun time. Of course, Wilbur. And make sure you go follow us on Instagram at Just Sports Pod. Make sure you go listen to some of our older episodes. And that is all I have for you guys this evening. Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Will Gardner, signing off.